Ducks fans. Are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast with your hosts, Mike Walters and Eddie Jones. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome back to our show, uh, the Ducks and Pucks podcast. Uh, Eddie and I are here to bring you some more info uh, this week. Uh, you know, there was another uh, signing that the Ducks did, uh, uh, kind of a surprise move that we'll go over. We'll also talk about the uh, Fedoran Cup coming up. Uh, we also have several fan questions and a couple updates uh, regarding the Honda Center to uh, bring to you. Uh, well, first up, uh, the Ducks got Mike Santarelli, Eddie. Uh, a surprise. You know, a lot of people thought uh, Murray might be done, and... Uh, he ended up making one more move. Uh, what do you think about Santarelli coming to the Ducks? Oh, well, you know, I really like the signing. I was just surprised that they actually signed anybody because I know on the last podcast I said, you know, I, I'm pretty sure that they're done. You know, you, I don't think they'll sign another forward. Um, you know, the the roster looks pretty set, and and all the defensemen out there, are, you know, they they don't really fit the the way the Ducks want to play. And then for the price that they'd come at, it'd be a little bit expensive. And then of course. Uh, the day after, Mike Santorelli signs, and you know it makes me look a little bit silly, but I, I still like the signing. I mean, he's a, a serviceable player. He's he's really versatile. He can play, you know, mostly center, but he can also play on the wing. So I think it's a great signing for the Ducks. He still has a, a lot of potential for being 29. Yeah, and that's the thing. He uh, played with Toronto and Nashville last year, and he kind of had a tale of two seasons. Eddie, he you know he uh, he did pretty decently with uh, Toronto, and then he kind of fell off a little bit with Nashville. Uh, you know, he had 12 goals and 21 assists for 33 points, uh, majority of those points coming in Toronto. Um, but, you know, uh, with the options he brings at playing uh, center and wing, uh, he may be able to help out the Ducks, uh, especially on the third, fourth line, Eddie. Yeah, you know, uh, you know talking about the, the tail of two seasons for sure, it's, I mean, he had a great half or more, a little bit more than half a season, 57 games in, in Toronto and, you know, 29 points, which is about one point every, every two games. So I, you know, that's great for him. And, you know, but if he couldn't continue that after getting traded to Nashville, which is a little bit surprising, you know, they needed some offense and he would have got some chances, but only scored four points in those 22 games. But I either way, I think if he can fit the system, the Ducks wanted to play and, you know, who we're likely to see him on that third or fourth line. Uh, I think he can still put up 20 to, to 30 points in the season, which is, you know, all we really need him to do. Yeah, and that's uh, kind of a question we had from uh, Phil. He asked, uh, how do you think the newest addition of Santorelli is going to help out our squad? And I think that's what we're going to see. Uh, you know, the Ducks now have seven centers. Uh, if you count them all up, uh, Granite Thompson's not going to be back for, you know, a couple months, as, as you all well know. Uh, we talked about Wagner on the podcast before. He'll most likely start in um, San Diego because of the waiver issue. Um, and it looks like now uh, you'll have Horkoff uh, either at the third or fourth line center. Then Santarelli would probably be the other one with uh, Raquel probably going to the wing. Uh, that kind of seems what might be the likely situation uh, uh, to start the season, Eddie. Yeah, you would think so. I mean, it all depends, I think, is is what they want to do with Raquel. And, and obviously if they want him to be a center and they think long-term – he's going to be a center um, for his NHL career. I think they'll probably play him over Santorelli. You know, last year, Santorelli averaged 46% in the faceoffs uh, around that number, and, and so did Raquel. So I think if they think Raquel is going to be a, a long-term center, they'll play him there uh, and play Horkoff in the other center role and, and put Santorelli on the wing. And I think that it all comes down to, to what management wants. Like if, uh, I, you know, I'd like to see Raquel on, on the right wing, 
and maybe put Santarelli in the center, and we'll see how that works out. But you know, when when Thompson comes back, that definitely makes things interesting because there, you could see a lot of different matchups come in. You know, if a team is really strong in the faceoffs, you could see Horkoff and, and Thompson play center, and and then put Santarelli and Raquel in the wing. Yeah, and you talk about that. I mean, that's the strength of the Ducks right now is the depth of this team. Uh, if you're looking at the bottom two lines, and as most of you know, is uh, Boudreaux likes to pretty much even out lines three and four most of the time, unless he's you know going to put in a grinding type line where you know in the past he's had Jackman on there and some of the other big guys. But they'll probably split the time between those two lines. And if you look at the winger positions, not not counting when Thompson comes back. I mean, you're looking at Raquel. Sekach, Cogliano, Stewart, and Jackman, you know, and that that's not even counting, you know, bringing up anybody from San Diego. So you, you look at those uh, five players, and I think a, a big key here, Eddie, is going to be speed for the Ducks because, you know, we're going to assume Haglund's going to be on that second line with uh, Silverberg and Kessler, uh, Maroon probably with the Twins. So if you look at the Ducks lineup from top to bottom, you know, I, I think a huge advantage is um, two things, uh, veteran leadership, which uh, is one big thing that uh, Murray wanted to address. And I think speed. And, and as we know, speed kills. And that's what uh, is probably going to help us uh, you know, down the line uh, towards the end of the season and in the playoffs, Eddie. Yeah, and you, know, you look at those five players, too, and, and you look at them, and you can really only target one as being a true fourth-line guy, and, and that's Tim Jackman. And, I mean, other than that, you know, Sekach is, is third line, possibly potential to be a top six guy. You know, same with Raquel. Uh, Stewart is a is a third line guy, could be top six on another team. Cogliano definitely could be top six. You know, he's got the talent to do it. And, you know, some of these guys will be playing third and fourth line. And you think of the talent all the way through this lineup, it's just, you know, it just speaks to the depth and, and the way this team's built. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the, the speed, I think, is definitely going to be the key. Um, having uh, the centers, you know, you can never have too many centers. So for the Ducks to have this many uh, is going to be a benefit. And, and the fact that, you know, Raquel Santarelli can play wing, um, Horkoff could even do that too. I mean, who knows? Maybe Thompson comes back and, and Raquel or Santarelli play uh, center and Horkoff goes wing. I mean, it's probably not likely, but the, the big thing is, the point is, is that the Ducks have options with the lineup. And when you have two centers on one line, and you know this, Eddie, it's, it's a huge deal because when you go in there for a face-off and you get kicked out and you have a winger that comes in and, and only takes maybe 10 face-offs the whole season, you know, the Ducks, at one point when Thompson comes back, they're going to have the potential to have four centers on those bottom two lines, which is a huge advantage. Yeah, you you got to look at, you know, the top lines pretty much, if Kessler and, and Getzlaff get kicked out, there's not many guys who, if they are projected to what we think they're going to be, you know, those are the two main guys that are going to take faceoffs on the line. But when you get down to those other two lines, you know, Cogliano's played center before. Obviously, Horkoff plays center, can play the wing. Raquel, Santarelli, you know, Thompson. Even if Wagner's up there at one point, he can play center. So just having those versatile guys, like you said, if a guy gets kicked out, another guy can come in and do the job. That you know, we saw how important Kessler was to winning faceoffs in the playoffs last year. You know, the the more guys you can have who can win a draw, you know, the better chance that you have at a, a good offensive zone start. Definitely, and, and it's going to be a big deal, you know, on the special teams, too. I mean, you're going to have more guys that can help out. I mean, obviously, on the power play, we know Kessler and uh, Getzloff are going to be out there doing it, but I think it's going to take some pressure off those guys, too, on the penalty kill because you may not have to throw them out there as much, too, Eddie. That's another added benefit, you know, on the penalty kill. You might have Raquel or Santarelli, 
Uh, I mean, we know Cogliano's going to be out there regardless. He's the penalty-killing machine for our team. But um, you're going to have these other guys, and that's another added benefit, too, because if you look at it, you're going to let Kessler and Getzloff do what they need to do and hopefully play more of the 5-on-5, 4-on-4, even strength and power play minutes, keep them away from any shorthand situations and have all of these other centers to take those those uh, draws in those situations and, and maybe – you know, keep the, the top two lines fresher later on uh, in, you know, like a third period of, of any of the home games. Yeah, and, you know, the, the reason we brought in Kessler was to take off the pressure on Getzlaff, and, you know, the more centers you have in the, in the bottom part of the lineup, if, you know, that takes pressure off of Kessler as well. You know, I, I think you'll still see Kessler taking the majority of, of those important draws and, you know, just how, how clutch he is in the faceoff dot is, is a reason why he'll be in there all the time. But to have all these guys who, who have the option that, that they can fill in the center is, you know, is never a bad thing. Agreed. Um, so there's a lot of positives there that we can give you. Um, you know, we, as far as uh, Murray doing something else, uh, again, we, we don't think he will, but you never know. Um, we actually had a poll question up, too. We had several poll questions up about all of this. Um, and when the Santarelli trade came out, we had one up there. Um, I'm sorry, not trade, but uh, signing of Santarelli came out. We had a poll question about uh, future trades. And uh, we talked about whether or not uh, people thought the Ducks would make a trade. Maybe not now, but, uh, you know, before the uh, trade deadline, and uh, I, I don't remember the numbers on our poll question, but it was very, very high that a lot of you thought that there would be some kind of a trade coming down, you know, um, in the in the future of the season because of all the centers. And I tend to agree with that, Eddie. I, I think that you know I, I don't know the nature of it. I don't have any uh, you know inside info on this particular uh, topic, but you never know. Um, the Ducks could make some kind of a move now that they have abundance of centers, uh, especially when Thompson comes back. Yeah, well, you, you you know you could speculate all you want, but it's also forty some odd games, and you know uh, all the way up until March before any of this, uh, will, you know, would would happen. And uh, you know the whole half of a season has gone by. We don't know how anybody's going to produce if you know if we're going to need to to fill a spot because some guys aren't playing well. Or I mean, if everybody's playing well, I don't think there's many spots we have to fill. Maybe you know bringing in another defenseman from a team that's not playing too well, but. I think the forwards are set. You know, you look at some of the free agents that are left out there, and you know, I, and like you said, I know we said this last week. I don't think you're going to sign anybody else, but you know, there's there's not many uh, other forwards out there we could bring in. You know, without having to send a, a roster player down, you know, a, a complete NHL player down. And you know, we said look at the defense, and obviously Airhoff is gone now, signing for LA today for what I thought was a steal at one and a half million, but. You know, Franzen's left, but he'll probably want some extra money. But you never know. Like, if you can get Franzen for one year and one and a half million, you know, that, that's a possibility for the Ducks, too. But I, you you would expect them to be done. But like you said, you never know with the Mary. Uh, absolutely. I mean, you just have to kind of, you know, keep our eye on the situation and see. Because uh, whatever's going on in his head, you know that uh, only he and a few uh, select a few know uh, what's going to happen next. Um, you know, some other uh, stuff coming up this week. Uh, the Fedoran Cup is coming up on uh, August 29th. Uh, if you haven't got your tickets yet, uh, you can go online, um, buy the tickets. Uh, you know, our, our buddy Phil Hewitt has been uh, pumping up the event and, and taking donations. He's um, making an Anaheim Ducks uh, goal call for you uh, if you donate $10 or more to the event. Uh, and it's a pretty good one. Uh, we put up the one that he did for uh, myself. It's on our YouTube. Um, I went old school. I put myself in there with uh, Solani and Korea. 
so you can go on there and you can put yourself, you can put past ducks, current ducks, whoever you want. Phil will make you an audio clip, and um, it's you know all for a good cause to go fight cancer. So hopefully, if you haven't bought your tickets, you can go do that. Uh, I'll be there. Uh, obviously, Phil will be there. He runs the uh, ceremony, and um, Ryan Getzloff will be there. I also heard that Sammy Botnin and uh, Clayton Stoner as well will be there. Um, I'm not sure if any other ducks are going to be there yet, but uh, if I find out, I'll post it. And uh, it's going to be a good event, Eddie. It's going to go for a good cause. Yeah, you know, we had Phil on here to discuss it before, and you know, he talked about uh, everything he does and, and how it's such a great event. And and you know, I, I hopefully a lot of people go. I, I saw a couple of things. Uh, you know, people saying they want Hillary Knight there, and, and they want this guy there and that that guy there. I, I think it's really a a great event, and you know, some people get to see their favorite players play. You know, some people obviously want Hillary Knight to be there too. I, I think it's a you know a great event, and, and it's gonna be a lot of fun for everybody who goes. Yeah, and just a warm-up, you know, because uh, hockey still isn't here yet, so it'll be good to get out there and see some action. Um, some other updates, too. Um, the scoreboard is about uh, two-thirds done. Uh, I don't have any uh, photos that I can post at the time, but uh, it's getting there. Um, it, you know, it's well uh, ahead of schedule. It should be done for that uh, September 25th target date. So that's uh, coming up, and, you know, if I can get some info uh, photo-wise for you guys, I'll get it out there. Um, the other news that came out um, is about the metal detectors that are going to be at the uh, the Honda Center for not only the uh, Duck Games, but um, every event. Uh, it's also going to be at the other uh, NHL arenas throughout the league. Um, I don't know you know, each other building's policy or whatever. I've only been to uh, a couple of their buildings, but um, it shouldn't be too big of a deal. Um, they're working out the bugs on how they're going to do it. They're testing it. They're going to probably have you... Uh, take out all your you know, your belongings and put them in a little tray and just walk through and uh, uh, go through it and, and it shouldn't be too bad. It's kind of similar for those of you that have been to the Angel Games. I've heard it's going to be something similar to that and it shouldn't be a big deal. And I know some fans asked and they wanted to know about staffing and you know if anybody was going to lose their job or if anything was going to change. And um, I, t- I talked to one of the people that's uh, involved in the security for the Ducks and they said that there's no changes. The, the staff's still going to stay the same, so no one's going to lose their job and. Uh, they're hoping it's going to be more efficient, Eddie. Uh, you know, there's not going to be the wanding, so I'm, I'm hoping it's going to be faster. Yeah, you know, it's surprising we don't see a lot of that here. You, you go to a lot of uh, Leafs games, and, you know, it's, I've, I don't think I've ever really seen it that much. But, um, yeah, you know, it, it's safe. It, it's, a, it's a thing you would expect them to bring in, you know, with – uh, for security reasons and uh, you know the the guys who are doing it right now they wouldn't lose their job they'd still be at the door obviously people got to be at the, the, the door to check bags and patrol what the people bring into the game but you know it's all it's a logical thing to add to to the arena you know it makes sense for you know to strengthen security exactly and unfortunately you know that's this the world we live in so that that's what's going to happen but uh it, sh- it shouldn't be a big deal and uh you know obviously for all of us going to the first game it'll it'll be uh, probably a little bit of a learning uh, curve but it uh it'll be fine um we also have a lot of fan questions uh this week eddie a lot of people hitting us up with all kinds of uh, interesting questions actually um you know we talk about the ducks depth now and we talk about all the players uh, we had Adam ask us a question. Um, you know, obviously the season's a little ways away until October, but he asked us, "Who do you think will score the Ducks' first goal of the season?" So that's a tough one. I mean, uh, there's so many people. Who, who who would you think or maybe you know uh, expect to to get that first goal? <laughs> um, you know, it's it's kind of a hard question. There's obviously uh, 18 players who could score the goal. I you know I I could go out on a limb and, and say Anderson's going to score the first goal, but I think we all know that's not going <laughs> to happen. So, uh, I mean, you would uh, 
you're a safe bet with Perry. You know, I, I think we'd all like to see Haglin or, or one of the new guys get it. But you know, I'm, I'll, I'll say Silverberg. I guess we'll have to come back and check if that's true when the season starts. But uh, you know, I guess I go with Silverberg. Yeah, I think I'm going to lean towards uh, Kessler on this one. I mean, I know that's kind of an obvious choice. I mean, I I've, I don't want to go with Perry and Getzlaff, so I'll go with Kessler and, and think that maybe he rings out that uh, the first goal of the uh, 2015-16 season for the Ducks. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, there's just so many options, so it, it's going to be fun to watch. Um, some of the other questions that we had, uh, we had another one asking about uh, – Tamu Solani uh, being, you know, uh, Mr. Duck or, or the, you know, the the player that's done the most for the Ducks, um, and the question goes to who would you think would be the next most important person to the Ducks in the team history? So besides Solani, who, who do you think has meant the most to the Ducks franchise, Eddie? Well, you know, this question comes up in, in different ways all the time with either Jersey retirings or. You know, honoring other players. I, I, in my personal opinion, I think it would have to be Paul Korea. I mean, just the, the the way he was the face of the franchise for so many years, and he really got you know the the mighty Ducks and and you know the the franchise in Anaheim going. But you know, there's obviously other other guys you could choose. You could choose you know Pronger if you went on a limb, or Niedermeyer, or or even Jaguar. You know, Jaguar is definitely another guy you could choose. But you know, in my opinion, uh, I think Paul Korea's done. You know, no, no, uh, way more than enough to be able to be that second guy. You know, he's right behind Solani, in my opinion, uh, rivaling him for for you know one of the most successful players in franchise history. Yeah, I, I would agree. I would think you know Korea, obviously uh, being the team captain, you know, early on in the in the days when the Mighty Ducks, uh, you know, we're not like the Ducks today. I mean, we're we're a little bit spoiled now. The Ducks play so well. Uh, compared to back then, when you know they're barely fighting to you know be 500 and get in the playoffs, you know the the older Ducks fans know what I'm talking about. Um, so I would have to go with Korea as well. Um, even with getting you know that that miracle season going all the way to Game Seven of the Stanley Cup Final in 2003 and falling one game short, I would still give it to Korea. I think a, a real close second uh, would definitely have to be J.S. Shiger. Uh, you just can't deny him. Uh, helping the Ducks go all the way and get the cup, uh, you know, and as you mentioned too, uh, you know, there's Pronger and Niedermeyer too that were in that mix as well. So there's a few other uh, the players that I would say would definitely be the runner-ups and probably ones that, you know, some of these guys, uh, we might see some banners in the future. I, I don't have any info on it, but I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that some of them we may see it though. Uh, I don't know if we'll see Niedermeyer though, um, having been retired by the Devils and, you know, the great, Stanley Cups that he's won there. That's probably one of them we may not see, but we may see some of them that he get their banner raised. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you you would wouldn't expect them to do banner after banner after banner and and just it become a, a common thing. You know, it's a special thing, and they just did Solani. So if if anything, you would expect probably you know five years from now for another one to be raised, or you know you'd you expect them to to leave some time be, between raising of, of banners and retiring of numbers. Uh, another uh, fan question that we had is uh, when you're talking about the Ducks uh, sweaters, you know, a lot of people know that uh, I have a big collection of the jerseys and I actually have all the ones that they've ever worn. Uh, one of the fans asked us, which one is your least favorite um, and why? And, that, and I know a lot of people point to the Wild Wing one. You know, if you remember back in the early 90s, that was the one the Ducks uh, had as a third jersey that they wore uh, for a very short time. 
only for a handful of games, but that was one of them that a lot of people I, I know point out, even though I like it, I, I wear, I've worn mine to a few of the games. And I, you know, I, I don't think it's that terrible, but what would you pick Eddie? If there was one that you was your, you know, least favorite Ducks Jersey. You know, I, there's not one I really hate, like you said, but if I had pick one as my least favorite, um, I think it'd be that that third jersey where it was, uh, you know, purple with the the teal stripes and it it just said Anaheim across the front. You know, kind of the the third jersey with the the Mighty Ducks kind of throwback thing going on. I I didn't really like that one that much. You know, I think that would have to be my least favorite. And you know, if I had to pick a close second, I I really didn't like the first incarnation of of the logo. At least the logo. I liked the the orange ones. You know, the first uh, when we switched over to to the orange and black and gold and. Um, you know, I, I didn't like the the logo where with the the ducks with the the web D, and I, I like when they switched to the to the D. So if I had to pick one though, it would definitely be that retro Anaheim third jersey teal one. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's the one where it's it's black and then it's got some of the purple on the uh, on the sleeves and whatnot, and it says Anaheim Ducks in the front. That that one, you know, I, I think black is good. I mean, I know a lot of people like black, but the the logo on the front was a little bit kind of awkward looking so i hear you on that one and, and as you pointed out too uh you know when the ducks first changed and they did the retro version one of the biggest criticisms um not by us but just by people in general was the ducks logo on the front wasn't really a logo i mean they did have the web d but it was the word ducks um you know and most teams have an actual logo on the front so that that was one that a lot of people weren't really fond of and then you know hence obviously we saw the change with the the d coming um as the primary logo by itself on the front so that that would probably be another one too i mean i don't really dislike any of them i like all of them i I don't really hate any of them but if i had to pick a couple that i would agree with you those would probably be the two that were the least my you know favorite ones um another another good question that we had too was uh Say that the Ducks didn't exist. Who would you root for, if anybody? So who would who would you root for if there was no Ducks, Eddie, in the NHL? Would you go for Toronto, where you're at, or someone else? That's a tough question because I, I don't really subscribe to the this is my second favorite team um, thing that a lot of people do. You know, there's some people who say the Ducks are my favorite team, and then Montreal is my second favorite team. You know, I, I really don't agree with that. So it, it's kind of hard to say. I guess you'd have to go with a you know, since the Ducks aren't my hometown team, and I, I the, the teams closest to me are are Toronto and Montreal. I, I think if the Ducks weren't a team, you know, either Toronto or Montreal, just because you know those those are the two teams that my family are, are fans of, I think those would probably be one of my favorite teams. One either you know, obviously one of them, if, if I didn't pick the Ducks. But it's hard to say. You know, with the Ducks being a team, I don't really have a second favorite one, so it's kind of hard a hard question to answer. Yeah, I mean, that, that is a difficult one. You know, me, I'm just going to go with the Kings, Eddie. No, just kidding. Just <laughs> kidding. I don't, everybody. The Kings are not my – I would never, ever, never. Sorry. Uh, I don't I don't think I would have a team either. I, I mean, it would be it would be extremely difficult. I, I definitely would not pick L.A. or San Jose. You can bet the farm on that one. Um, but, yeah, it, it would be tough. I don't know. Maybe I would um, – I don't know. Maybe I would go with Winnipeg just because that's the team where Solani started. I mean, that's maybe what I would go with if I had to pick another one. I, I just don't – I don't know. I really just follow the Ducks. I, I don't follow the East that much. I mean, there's certain players I like on other teams and whatnot and and things like that. But I, I maybe that would be the one I would go with, Eddie, just because Tamu came there. I don't know. It kind of makes sense to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you'd have to think, though, if the Ducks were never a franchise, you might be a Kings fan right now if they were never a franchise. You know, Kings are Sharks fan. 
Yeah, you know, and that that's that's a, a tough one. I mean, you make a good point because you know that that the thing is, is there's people I know, uh, and if you're listening, you're, you may be one of them. There's there's people that are actually Kings fans uh, before the Ducks came, and then they switched and became Ducks fans. I I remember actually distinctly when we first got our uh, tickets, we had a mini plan the inaugural season, and then uh, from then on, we met other people at the games, and we had season tickets uh, all through the 90s, but we split them with other people. And one of the guys we split them with, he was a Kings fan, and he became a Ducks fan. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, you make a good point. I mean, you know, I, I wasn't a Kings fan before the Ducks came around. I, I actually was just barely starting to figure out the game in the early 90s because I, I followed baseball, basketball, and football, um, you know, all growing up in the 80s. I, I didn't really uh, know a whole lot about hockey, Um uh, until uh, actually when the Kings went to Stanley Cup, that was, you know, back when they lost to Montreal, that was when I first was like, oh, okay, this is hockey. But uh, I was never a fan uh, of any team at the time. But, uh, yeah, if they never, ever existed, you know, uh, you know that could have been a situation. Um, but if the Ducks were to say move um, and go to another place, uh, you know, that would be an interesting scenario too. I mean, would you follow the ducks if say they moved and went to Las Vegas or Quebec? What, how about that? <laughs> well, uh, I don't think if it was lost, it, it'd be hard. I mean, I would, it struggle to support the, the, another team. I mean, that'd be the most logical choice because the same players would still be there and you would want to, you know, follow the, the players that you've been following the whole time. And, and it's technically the, still the same franchise, but you know, rebranding and everything, it'd be it'd be hard to get into it if, you know, I have all this Ducks gear and now all of a sudden they're the Las Vegas Bandits or something. It'd be kind of <laughs> hard to, to switch over. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a good question. It's an interesting one. You know, it's a, it's a tough one to, to, to figure out and, and see. Um, you know, another question we had was uh, from Aaron. He asked about the, uh, the Honda Center, um, the improvements that are coming. You know, we've talked about the sound system is up. It's getting fixed um, and upgraded the uh, the scoreboards in progress. And he asked if there's anything else that, um, you know, you'd like to see. I know you've only been there. Uh, it was a couple years ago, right, Eddie? So you might not have too much input on this one. No, I went there for the, the game they played the Kings before the stadium series. And other than that, I've just seen it from video and pictures. Yeah, I mean, I... I, I... As far as improving the stadium, I mean, I think the Ducks have actually done a really awesome job. I mean, they they added the uh, the terrace out there on the on the second level, so you can go um, watch the games out there and have a drink on the break or whatnot on the second level. Obviously, the other things that they're doing, I've heard there's some other uh, structural improvements that are um, coming. Um, as far as improvements, I mean, the only other thing, and this is just so minor, it doesn't really matter, is, is maybe change change the paint. A little bit on the outside i don't know maybe make it more ducks colors i mean it's more of that that orangish tan with the the green maybe if they went more gold black and, and a different orange maybe I, I don't know but that that may be something they have to do through the city but um the only thing i can really think of that i'd like to see and i'm sure that you and everybody else would agree uh, eddie would be a, a statue of maybe a, a certain number eight out there yeah you know maybe you'd see that in a bit um you see that in, in, in Toronto right now with the Legends Row thing they're doing where they're making, um, I, I don't believe it's a statue. Uh, I don't know for sure because obviously I'm, I'm not following the Leafs too much, but I believe it's um, it's a monument with a, a bunch of legendary players on it and they, they add one. It's a big thing every time they add one and, you know, something like that or a statue. You know, a lot of teams do it, but, this, uh, you know, with the Ducks being a newer franchise, it's hard to 
to think that they would do it even right after, you know, putting his his his, um, his jersey to the rafters. But hey, you know, maybe in the future, you never know. Yeah, exactly. Um, one other question: uh, Looking at the the division for the Ducks, the Pacific, uh, how do you think the Ducks will shape up uh, in finishing? And I guess the other teams too, Eddie. We can kind of talk about the seven teams in the Pacific, and uh, you know how you think they'll finish. You know, obviously, Ducks finished first last year, and Arizona finished last. Well, you know, I would, I would, I think it's safe to say Arizona's going to finish last again. I think everybody's. You know, pretty set on that, and then you look at the other teams in there. Obviously, Vancouver, Calgary, um, L.A., San Jose, and Edmonton. I think um, you know Calgary's improved a lot, getting Dougie Hamilton. You know, Sam Bennett's going to play a full season for them, and L.A.'s picked up uh, Lucic. They've picked up Airhoff today. You know, kept most of their core players. Obviously, Mike Richards and Jared Stoll are gone, and um, I'm not sure on Voinov's status for playing. But you know, they still have a good team. Dowdy, Quick, you know, Kopitar, they're all still there. Uh, San Jose, I think, improved a little bit in, in certain positions. Uh, I think Paul Martin coming in is great. Um, losing the Emmy, I think, is tough for them. I don't know if Martin Jones is a starter, uh, but other than other than goalie, they've improved. And and then Edmonton picking up Connor McDavid and probably having uh, some of their younger defensemen coming up as well and picking up Cam Talbot in goal is is going to make the Pacific one of the toughest divisions. I think, other than the. Um, the Central, the Pacific, is going to be the toughest division. I, I still think the Central has, you know, seven teams who could all make make the playoffs uh, next year. But, you know, barring Arizona, I think all the other six teams in the Pacific have a chance. But I still think the Ducks are, are just a little bit better. I, you know, I think Vancouver's definitely not going to get second um, like they did. They have it probably are, are around the bottom again. Uh, I don't think they, they've improved much. So I think the Ducks should win it, but there's going to be a lot of competition. I agree with you. I think the Ducks will win it. I think Arizona will be, uh, you know, down towards the bottom, you know, if not the bottom, unfortunately for them. Um, and in between, I think it's going to kind of be a, a, a big race. I mean, Edmonton's going to do better. I, you know, I don't know if they'll make the playoffs, but they, they might push for, you know, one of those wild card spots. Um, like you said, Calgary's gotten much better. Um, with Hamilton, and if they can stay healthy, uh, the defense and Calgary improves, and they'll be doing much better. They they may end up in second behind the Ducks. Um, the Kings, you know, I, I think they might do better. They're they're rested. Uh, you know, they signed a few uh, players, Lucic and whatnot, was, as we talked about before on here. Um, so they may uh, make the playoffs um, as either third or maybe the wild card as well. Um, I think uh, Vancouver and San Jose are probably big wild cards. That uh, you know, Vancouver. Obviously losing Bieksa and we we picked him up. Going with the Sedins, you know, I, I don't know. That team is so up and down. Uh, they could either miss the playoffs or they could, they could maybe get third or fourth. Uh, you know, I, it's just going to be tough. And same with San Jose. I, you know, it's just going to be a, a battle with them too. You know, San Jose gave us all kinds of problems last year, but then down the stretch they just couldn't make the playoffs. So I think it's going to be exciting times though for sure, and I think it's going to be a lot of uh, tough battles uh, in, in all these games that the Ducks are going to play, Eddie. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I, I forgot to mention Vancouver, obviously. But I, I think they just have too many question marks. You know, trading Eddie Lack and, and relying on, on Ryan Miller, who was a little bit shaky last season, is their starter goalie. And, and obviously the Sedins are the, they're still their two top guys, and, you know, they're not getting any younger. And, you know, trading Benino, who was a great player for them last year, for Sutter from the Penguins. And just a lot of question marks in the moves they've made and, and how this team's going to line up and who's really going to carry the load for them if the Sedins can still do it. So I think that you know there's definitely some worry going into the season in, in Vancouver. 
Definitely, and we'll have to you know monitor uh, all the Pacific teams and see how they do. Um, you know, the only other real news that came up uh, this week was you know something we talked about before, and, and people are up in arms about it again. Eddie is the uh, you know Adidas is going to do the jerseys not next season, but in two years, which they're already working with Reebok. I, I know some people didn't realize this, but uh, some of my contacts that when I email them at Reebok, it, their email addresses are Reebok.com, but they also go to adidasgroup.com. So they're working together. There's not going to be any changes that I'm, I've been made aware of uh, as far as I know for next season, but I know a lot of people are worried, you know, two years from now that there's going to be all these kind of ads and all this kind of stuff going on. Um, you know, people wanted to know what our take is, and I, I think you and I just give it a big resounding no, Eddie. Yeah, you know, I think people are getting a little bit ahead of themselves. Obviously, ads have not been confirmed yet. I think just with Adidas... Um, taking over the jerseys and their experience with ads on jerseys um, in, in soccer. I think it opens the door for the possibility of the NHL including ads on their jerseys. Obviously, there was this came up around this time last year where you know there was rumor that ads would, would be incorporated on jerseys in the future, and, and a lot of people met it with the same criticism they did now. But you know, I, I think it all depends on how they add it. I mean, I'm I'm still not you know for having ads on on hockey jerseys. You know, I love how they look on soccer jerseys. I mean, they don't look bad. I think having a big logo on the soccer jerseys would look kind of silly because, you know, they've had the ads for so long. But putting it on a hockey jersey where the logo and, and, and the you know, the team logo has been the big part of the, the jersey for so many years, I think changing it now would be detrimental for fans to, to see now. I mean, if you went 20 years from now and, 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 and you know, kids are used to having ads on jerseys they'd be in the same stance of of soccer jerseys right now but i think with, with all the fans right now i think you'd be hard-pressed to find any fans who are for having ads on jerseys yeah you mentioned that you know what's kind of funny too that that some people don't realize is you actually technically already do have ads on our jerseys which i know when you look at it you don't think of it but when you actually look at it there actually is an nhl logo in the neck area which is kind of you know an ad because it's kind of promoting the the league it's not really an ad per se but i'm just saying there's a label on there and there's also the reebok label on the usually the bottom corner just like everybody remembers the old um, jerseys uh, you know nike used to have the swish on theirs star or whatnot they had the little the little star and whatnot so there's some of that on there um so i don't know maybe we just see adidas uh, label on the bottom there instead of reebok eddie yeah, and you know you got to look at the the money this generates for teams too. I mean, the figures. Um, I'm going to quote soccer for for figures, but obviously they're going to be different, and, and the value in in, in a, a you know a logo for a soccer team is more than hockey. But um, for example, with Manchester United, uh, Chevrolet paid hundreds of millions of dollars to put their logo over seven years. Uh, uh, you know, I believe it was over five hundred million dollars for seven years to put their logo on, on Manchester United's jerseys. And, I mean, the amount of money it generates for, for a team is, is immense. And, you know, if they can do that for hockey, I mean, it might not matter what the fans think. If you can generate $100 million I mean, for putting a team logo on, on your jersey, I mean, for putting a company logo on your jersey, I think it'll be hard to, to for them to listen to the fans you know, if they can generate that type of money. Yeah, you know, if we had that type of money, we would put Ducks and Pucks logo all over the Ducks jerseys. But, you know, we, we're not that high up yet. But, <laughs> no, I mean, but seriously, yeah, you're right. I mean, if they're going to pay big money, you may see that. And I know the response. I mean, you, you basically got most people are saying, you know what, 
for lack of a better term, screw this, I'm not going to buy jerseys. That's what I've seen is a resounding theme on social media and even on our own staff too, you know, everybody. And I, I agree, you know, I don't want to have a big Ford or Chevy or whatever. I mean, even if I like those cars, it doesn't matter to me. I don't want to see a huge uh, logo distracting from the team logo of any team in the NHL. So that's one side of it. The other side you have is you have people saying, you know, and you know that there's some people like this, Eddie, they're just going to go, I don't care. I'm just going to buy it anyways. You know, they're just going to go for it. It's probably a smaller percentage, but that's what's going to happen. Um, the third option, and I talked about this uh, with some of our staff, is um, is in the way that the logos are put on. And I know, Eddie, uh, soccer, we talked about this. Uh, some of the stuff is glued. Uh, you know, sometimes maybe it might be stitched, uh, like some of the patches they have in the NHL. And uh, I'll tell you, if the stuff is glued on, uh, Monkey Sports will be more than happy to remove it for you because they've actually uh, fixed some of my older jerseys where they will take off the uh, heat-pressed stuff and fix it. So that's an option for you. I know it's a hassle, and I know we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves, but I'm just saying that's an option. Or uh, I have a really great tailor uh, down the street uh, on an Orange and Anaheim area that uh, they'll gladly take off stuff for a small amount. And I mean, again, I know it's a hassle, but and we're getting ahead, but those are some options, Eddie. Uh, I, I think still the majority, though, is a resounding no. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I think with me, I, I, it would have to be, I'd have to see how it would look first. I mean, a lot of speculation is, and, and what people are putting on, on Twitter and Facebook is is a, a soccer jersey on a hockey jersey. That's basically, you know, they're putting the big logo in front, the so the, the logo with the, the, you know, the, the team logo really small. And I doubt that's the way the NHL would go. I don't think they would copy the way soccer jerseys are. I don't think that works on on an NHL jersey. I think we'd have to wait and see how they would do it, but I really just don't think there's any way to incorporate it that the fans are going to like it. I, I agree. I, I just don't see any way of doing it um, other than them, you know, taking the uh, the Reebok logo on the bottom on that, you know, that gray rectangle that you see down there and changing the words to Adidas on there. Uh, that's the only you know thing I can really see. So we'll just, you know, as we always do, we'll keep our eye on it and, um, I'll let you know uh, if we hear anything that's going to happen. But for next season, we're good to go. Um, and we'll keep you guys updated. Um, you know, Thomas has been cranking out a lot of articles on uh, the uh, blog. If you've seen him on there, he's been uh, doing all the prospects. So if you want any info on that, um, he's just been doing one. It seems like almost every day, Eddie, he's been on there. Really, he's just been like our all-star cranking it out because I know August is such a dead time for the month. So check those out. We also have a lot of poll questions up. Um, the, the big one we had was, uh, for the alternate captain and a resounding uh, group of people picked, uh, Kessler to get the a next season, which wasn't really a surprise Eddie, but, uh, you know, in the distant second was, uh, Andrew Cagliano. Any, um, thoughts on those two getting the a next year? Yeah, I think those are the two most likely choices. Um, yeah, I think with uh, if Kessler had gotten in his first year, it would have been a little bit surprising. But from what he showed last year, you know, I think he's definitely everybody's you know number one choice, and obviously the poll shows that. And then Cogliano being here for so long, you know, being the Iron Man, I think you know he's definitely a, a good second choice. But you know, any of the guys we mentioned and even put in the poll are, are definitely good candidates for the A. Yeah, and and again, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, you know, uh, when the preseason and close to the beginning of the season gets done, and uh, again, we'll keep you guys updated. We really appreciate everybody's support, and hopefully, we'll see you in a week. 